Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most, Phil Better. And today we have a special guest joining us who is the founder of outlier audio a full service podcast booking agency that represents talented entrepreneurs business professionals and, and investors specializing in uh, specializing in real estate investors before beginning his in the podcasting space our guest spent over a decade in the music industry taking on various roles including talent management and representation events and festival organizations record label head and more he pivoted to podcasting when it came, uh, when the music industry shut down to our favorite event, and the reason why I started this podcast, COVID-19, and he saw a need to help entrepreneurs, investors, and business professionals get on the, to this new medium as a way of con to continue growing their businesses since traditional medium is changing. Since 2020, our guest has booked over 800 interviews that have generated millions of listens for his, his over 150 talented entrepreneurs, business professionals, and investors. His clients range from solopreneurs to published authors, investment funds with over 100. Uh, sorry, hold on. I, I, I read this before, but it just clicked now with over a billion dollars under management, Inc. 500 companies, and top and top 10 keynote speakers, all using podcasting, my favorite medium, to grow their business. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our guest, Spencer Carpenter. Spencer, welcome. Phil, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I, I, I'm very selfish right now because for audience, he works with podcast booking. He has his ideal, his ideal client is my ideal guest. So this is uh, fully selfish to make a, a bond in networking. But no, uh, Spencer, I actually do want to talk to you because we have had guests on in the past who's been in the business of music and stayed in the musical world with their business and their entrepreneurial journey. But you went from fully into the music world was like, hey, peace out, jumping over to a, a full different industry medium, taking your knowledge there. So I'm really excited to hear how you did it, because I know there's probably some digital entrepreneurs in my uh, uh, in, in the listeners who are in that world, in the audio world, and they're looking at maybe jumping industries. So it's Great to see, have you here to talk about it. So um, how about you give us an introduction? Tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give a little bit, I mean, you already kind of gave a little bit of my background, but um, you know, as you mentioned, I, I started booking concerts in my hometown when I was 15 because my cousins wouldn't let me into their band, and uh, <laughs> I, but I wanted to stay involved. Um, so, you know, after high school, I, I moved that up to doing multi-day music conferences and festivals. And, um, I, you know, I just, I, I was always on either side of talent representation, whether I was buying talent or I was representing talent. And when I found podcasts, few years ago, um, you know, I was listening to a lot of real estate podcasts and I would hear people say things like, this is their words. Like I'm an idiot. I didn't do well in school, but I can flip a house and make 30 to 50 grand. And I've been like, I was like, I'm not an idiot and I've never seen 30 grand. So like <laughs> there's, you're providing value and there, these, this, this person is talented at what they do. And I, I recognize that unless you are someone like Mark Cuban, or Richard Branson, 
entrepreneurs are not looked at like talent. They're what they do is their job. It's their profession, but it's not looked at like anything more than that. And I just, I was always like intrigued by all of these people that were coming up with unique ways to make money or, uh, disrupting industries or finding, you know, competitive edge. Uh, you know, someone on, on the East coast is bragging that they're the number one ice chest producer at Seven Eleven, you know, Seven Eleven <laughs> convenience stores. And it's not sexy, but there's something they're doing that they are succeeding at and, uh, other people could learn from it. And so then, um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, me making that shift out of music when a lot of people stayed in, you know, my, my boss actually passed away from COVID and three days later, COVID killed the industry. So it, it wasn't just like, when does music come back? It was, do I even have a job? And I decided I wasn't going to wait around to find out. And I would, uh, I would take things into my own hands. And, you know, while podcasting wasn't a new medium, I knew that there are lots of people that either didn't have the know-how to get on podcast or just didn't have the time. And so with everyone being stuck at home, it was especially vital for not just, you know, industry experts, but everyone, you know, you, a run of the mill financial planner still needed to find a way to get out there when expos and conferences and meetups were all shut down. And so I figured I could service both sides, you know, um, I could help. There's enough podcasts out there that just need a tax expert or a money expert to come on the show. They don't necessarily need to be, um, you know, the the top of the industry. They just need to be someone that has general information that the average person doesn't. And so, with that in mind, I was like, there are a lot of people that can be on podcasts and they don't even know it. So let me go help them. I love that. I love how you're not going after the huge names, the big guys. You're going after the everyday person. I'm also doing, I'm also doing, oh no, of course you're going after, of course (laughs) the the big ones pay the big bills, but this like you're helping the everyday person connect into a medium that they may not have had access to beforehand, Mm -hmm. you know? And then on the flip side, not only are you helping podcasters get that expert on their podcast and get that authority that's garnered over from these experts that are actually are valuable you know, you're helping both sides. And I, I love that how you're you're like, yeah, obviously you're going after the big guns too, because you need to have the big big guns in your roster, right? You mm-hmm. need to have those those people who give you the give you authority uh, into your business, but you're helping the everyday person connect to people that are outside their network, which I think is amazing. You're being the person, the connector, which everybody wants to have, that guy. Oh, I know a guy. You're that guy for a lot of business people because they're like, oh, I want to get on podcast. I have a guy. And if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm looking for someone, I have a guy that knows experts. So that, that's who you are and that's who you become. Um, how, was it podcast? Like, what made you want to do specific podcast? Like, you were listening to podcasting. Were you always in the entrepreneurial world? Were you always like trying to build your own businesses and get them off the round in the in the uh, in the music industry, or were you a nine to fiver? So I um, I worked for I'm not in L.A. or Nashville or, or New York. I was in um, you know a, a smaller city in Pennsylvania, and I worked for a company that had several brands, and I kind of ran them all uh, because not one of them had really enough work to be its own position in it by itself. But because of that, I learned a lot of different skill sets. And uh, I always really enjoyed that. And, you know, I've, I've, I've 
owned a, a merchandising business. I've, um, I have a photo booth rental business. I did drop shipping. I did, you know, in addition to all the things I did in music, um, you know, I freelance event planning, all of this stuff. But um, the, the thing I really liked, I, this, this idea actually came from me wanting to put out audios for young entrepreneurs. You know, I got into MLM in my early 20s and I was surrounded by all these young entrepreneurs that were doing real great, you know, really well. And I was like, you know, I'm going to put out their audios like Jim Rohn and Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins and stuff like that. And then it kind of fizzled out. And then when I was in quarantine, I had actually thought about helping people put out audiobooks. Um, the same thing, but, you know, uh, calling it differently, um, you know, helping people get their, their books onto Amazon, stuff like that. And then a buddy of mine was like, yeah, you know what? I think that's dumb. There's a lot of people doing that. You should book people on podcasts. He really, he really just said it that way. He's like, you need to be like an entrepreneur. You need to be a manager for entrepreneurs. I'm like, well, that's kind of a connector and I'm not in, I'm not in like a Metro place to do that, but I can book podcasts. I could do that just fine. And, um, while I'm not someone that blindly jumps into things um, or has too much confidence without actually proving it, this concept to me is like, there's millions of podcasts and I just, it's a numbers game. And so I immediately said, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and, and literally that day I sat down and started cataloging thousands of podcasts over the next like month um, in business, entrepreneurship and investing in health and all kinds of areas um, for my target clients. And that's just kind of how it, and that's how I, I was just like, this is just a numbers game. Um, you know, and as time goes on, I'll be able to be more efficient because I've made relationships. Um, like with someone with your, like yourself, I think I've had three or to five clients on your show. And pretty, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, when I get started with someone new, I, I always use every client as an opportunity to open new doors because every client has a different perspective. There have been plenty of shows that I pitched 15 clients to not a single response. And then on the 16th, for whatever reason, that was the one they wanted. And so I have found that every single client I can open new doors and make new connections with. But sometimes I see the opportunity to revisit an old, uh, an old relationship. And, um, you know, that's, that's helped me be more efficient and work quickly with my clients as well and get them quick results. I like that. I like that. Um, what, how did you find, like, what was your process to find these podcasts to connect with? Were you just going on Apple, like the top Apple charts and just, okay. And then just finding their info, the old school hard way. Yeah. I, I literally started just by, I, I, my spreadsheet, I cataloged all the names of the podcast. I then went to their listing to see if they had a website in the middle of me doing this. Apple took away websites from like the profile of shows you can still find in show notes, which I didn't realize at the time, but they, um, they took away like website links. And so I then would have to manually go to their website, see if they had an email, see if they had a contact page, you know, whether or not they actually accept guests. Um, and so I just, I literally did that for a month every single day. Um, and that's how I got it going. And then on the flip side to find the guests for these podcasts, were you just reaching out to like going on Google and going, okay, investment bankers or like that to find your clients? I was really lucky in the very beginning to be linked up with someone that had a digital marketing agency um, that was selling press. And so they would white label my service to their clients uh, and upsell it. Because especially if you're selling something like press, you can only 
it's kind of it's kind of limited because mm. once you're they're done doing the press, there's nothing else to sell them. So a lot of these marketing companies will then add other things like SEO or um, you know stuff like that. And so um, I linked up with a few people like that and started being the guy for all of them that they could send not every client to not everyone needs to be on a podcast but you know if they don't if they don't need to be pushed into it but people that are interested in doing it um you know they were able to come to me with that and one of the things i think i've i've had a a unique ability with versus other people is that because i've always been into entrepreneurship i could pick out what was truly unique either in their process or their story and so a lot of people that have never pitched themselves to a show might think I'm an entrepreneur. I can talk about entrepreneurship. Well, everybody that's on an entrepreneur show can talk about entrepreneurship. Like what makes you stand out? And that's what people need to, that, you know, that's what people need help getting to and figuring out what their angle is. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a few people that do what I do, but a lot of them kind of just scaled up by finding people that wanted remote jobs that maybe might not be in entrepreneurship. And so I think that gives me a little bit of a competitive edge in that, um, you know, I can, I can pick out what is the angle that's best attack to get a unique conversation in front of the host. Um, you know, an example of that is I, I do work with a lot of financial planners and financial planners just based on regulation, they all kind of do the same thing. It's hard to differentiate yourself, but there's one in particular I work with that, you know, she specifically helps mom and pop businesses get their business ready to sell because a lot of people when they're running their business, don't think about getting those processes in place. They're just like, one day I'll sell it. And she's like, no, you can't do it that way because when it comes time to sell, you're not going to be set up. Or let's just say you have a health issue and you're not prepared, then you're just going to lose everything. And her backstory is she's an immigrant. Her parents had an import export business. And then her dad was diagnosed with something terminal and their business was not set up to run without them. And so for the next eight years, her mom had to take care of her dad. They lost their business and they had nothing for retirement. Um, and so that was like the the angle is not that she's a financial planner because that's not super unique. The angle is that she, one, she has a passion to help people so that they don't get hurt by the same things that her family is hurt by. And you know she's able to target that niche and people understand that she's real. She really does want to help them because of her past experiences. And so that's the type of thing I really help people understand. And that's what all of your listeners, if they want to start pitching themselves a podcast, have to figure out is what's their unique angle? What's their unique value proposition? Um, and and like really work that to be able to get you know, interviews. I like that. Um, I want to talk about some of the wins that some of your clients have gotten from being guests on podcasts. Because I personally think it's the, the, it's the evolution of radio. It's the, uh, the new new way people are going to consume media uh specifically audio media because where it's everywhere what what would be a tip you would have for someone or an entrepreneur uh no not an entrepreneur because you just gave one learn have a specific pitch um someone moving from one industry into a completely different industry that's somewhat similar since like music and audio are relatively similar it's you're doing somewhat the same job as talent representation except in the podcasting space, a tip for moving into a parallel industry that, uh, or a niche of the industry that you work in. Yeah. I mean, if you, <clears throat> I've always thought that in pivoting, it's important to understand that your skills can be applied in other places. You just kind of have to zoom out and not identify with your 
current job too much. You know, it was it was tough for me to leave music because I'd been in music since I was 15. That was that was uh, you know the value I brought to to, to to that band that I was couldn't get into was that I booked shows for them, um, and so that was really hard. But when I zoomed, I was like, no, I'm not I'm not like this person in music. I'm a I'm a logistics expert when it comes to event planning. Um, you know, I'm I'm someone that is good at, at representation, no matter who it might be. Um, and so understanding the needs of who your new client is, is obviously going to be something you need to figure out. The needs of artists are very different than the needs of entrepreneurs. And they both need the representation, but like artists kind of need you to do everything. Whereas entrepreneurs are hiring you to usually do specific things. They are problem solvers themselves. They're adaptable. And they're the type of people that, unlike artists, will pay you and say thank you as long as you're doing good work. And so figuring out what their need is, is obviously what, you know, how are you going to save them time? How can you say, how can you be more cost effective for them? You know, a lot of the the people I talk to about this, sometimes they're like, well, I have VAs that could do outreach. I'm like, yeah, I mean, then use them. You can probably get podcast interviews, but you're also dealing with someone that's not going to be as, uh, as involved in the industry as someone that's actually in the industry. They're just a VA. They're just doing a task. They're just fulfilling a job. Um, and so what I what I found is is you know trying to make people understand you know how you are specializing in the problem they need to solve rather than them just kind of pushing it off to someone that's gonna be a generalist and just fulfill the job to the minimum requirement. And so if you're gonna switch gears, like figure out how you can be really valuable in like your specific area for that person and, and their their needs. You know, I know that's not super unique advice, but you know, I, at least in my shift, I found there was no one doing what I did and lots of people wanted someone to do it. And they had, they, they would try putting someone in that position, but because that person didn't specialize in it, they got mediocre results a lot of the time. So, you know, that's, that's just my, my, you know, anecdotal uh, advice no it's it's great advice uh when you do want to pivot when you want to move over because it took me a while to realize the skills that i had built over a decade working for a financial institution were very useful in the podcasting world it's the, the those skills to see the uh, see the connections that aren't normally sought and all that so yes no it's 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 important to start taking stock of what skills you have today so that you can look at when you want to pivot. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a win that you have been able to have from doing this part of your journey, working and booking clients that you were like solidified why you do what you do? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I obviously just love coming from music. I, you know, I was not in a position where I was going to get a a client, a, you know, a band on the Coachella, you know, the biggest festival in the U.S. Whereas, I, you know, I look at the big shows that I can get clients on as big festivals, um, and you know, that's how that's how it works in my mind. So I I just get general satisfaction when I'm able to get clients on a big show that has big reach and, and a lot of uh, good notoriety. But obviously, for the client, they want to be see more than just that they were on the show; they want to see results from it, and so. I've had lots of clients that are, you know, get leads, you know, have great content they can repurpose, that sort of thing. Uh, But I also had a client that was on a show. And at the end of the interview, 
the hosts, um, it was multiple hosts and they were kind of in the investing space. They're kind of like, you know, we're not going to put out your episode until you actually let us do a deal with you. And it was this, it was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not sure if they were like strong arming him in some way, but it was like, it was really good for him because they were funding the deal. And so he essentially raised, I think it was $8 million from this company to go buy this deal that he gets ownership in. And so while plenty of people have raised money, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, that was from one person or one group. And even to the point where they they just wanted it so bad that, I mean, I think he even said that like they kind of pushed him to overpay to get it done, which is, I mean, kind of an ideal scenario that they wanted that bad and they're, they're willing to put, you know, he didn't have to, it wasn't, I couldn't get the price down. Sorry, guys. They were like, no, buy it anyway. And so that was just like, for him, it was like a whole project that someone else financed as a result of being on their podcast. Um, that and, that know, is a huge win. Getting, my God, having them strong arming you. Look, you can't get this episode unless you do a deal with us. And then we want you to overpay if you have to. We'll fund. Wow. That's like an ideal. <laughs> it's like, here, have our money and go make us more money. That's, that's the yeah. life. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That's a win and a half. How, what was that like when, when you heard this from your client that he, well, first of all, were they thankful of all heck that, that this happened? Yeah. I mean, of course. And, and, you know, I, I, as someone that was just starting off in this and, and knowing that I could do the job, but having a little bit of imposter syndrome, I never wanted to ask people, what were your results so far? And, and I was always something I was I was scared about because I knew the number one thing everybody wanted was leads. And I was always making sure they understood this is not lead generation. But in the back of their minds, I know they wanted leads. You know, it's yeah. you can't you, you don't know who exactly you're always talking to. And, um, you know, I have no control over whether or not people reach out. And so I, I was always very guarded about how I sold this to people. Um you know, and making sure they did not have some sort of unrealistic expectation of what was going to come from it. But that's also because I understand it's part of the long game. You know, there are lots of people that don't, you know, they look at podcasts and like the episode came out two weeks ago. Why has no one reached out? It's like, well, that's just, that's not what this is all the time. But what it is, is rather than you running ads on Facebook and Instagram and you only getting leads while you're spending money on their platforms, if this show continues to grow and people continue to listen to older episodes, you could get leads two or three years down the road, even though you didn't get them in the first few months. And that's one thing that a lot of people um, are starting to wake up to is that it's, it's not just amazing, unique SEO because every interview you do has its own title and its own branding to it, which is great. Um, there's but, the backlinks. Yeah, the there's backlinks there's all these backlinks built over time. There's the... content you get to repurpose. You like all of it. And and I, I always have to say people like the thing about podcasts is they're not quantifiable until they're quantifiable. And it's only quantifiable if someone tells you I came to you from the podcast. Um, I mean, obviously you could you could set up links that are trackable and, and use them on every show, but a lot not everyone is really set up to do that. Like I have a, a group that's spent that, that that's done several campaigns with me. And I asked them on the third one, I'm like, so what what kind of like return have you seen on this? And they're like, eh, we don't really know how to track it. We just know it's valuable, so we're still doing it. I'm like, great. Fine. Love it. Let's do <laughs> you, it. You you're paying? I don't like, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, 
you know that when you're when you just understand that's a greater part of marketing um it's it's going to pay off at some point yeah i i'm i'm curious i want to get your opinion because i'm in the same space we're in the same space and that and i i want to know the connect what's your unique sauce like apart from giving your clients the connection and being the person that connects podcast with the uh, ideal client or guest and the guest with the ideal podcast, are you training your clients on how to present on a podcast? I do give them, um, you know, I've compiled pretty much all of the individual blogs that give tips on podcast guessing, kind of put it all into one um, sheet that I give them. But I really just like making sure they understand that they're not there to sell. They're there to have a conversation with the host and provide value. And that comes back to one of the the things that I really like to talk about is the no pitch scenario. And it's that with traditional marketing, like if you are going to be running ads on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be, you have to it's disruptive. So you have to get someone's attention. You have to keep their attention for 30 to 60 seconds. You have to get them to your website. You then have to convert them or get them to schedule a call. And then you got to close and all that stuff. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of steps all for something that was unsolicited. And the difference with podcasts though, is that people are volunteering to show up. They're volunteering to listen. And it's not for 30 to 60 seconds. It's for 25 or 45 or 60 minutes a lot of the time. And that whole time rapport is being built. You know, the person is getting to hear the backstory. I'm sorry, the listener is getting to hear the backstory. They're getting to hear personality, the passion. The, obviously, they're going to they're read as to whether or not they believe this person is competent and knowledgeable at what they're doing. And that whole time, it's just trust building and rapport being built over that 45 minutes. To the point that if like a listener decides to reach out, it's not a cold lead at all. It's actually a really hot lead. They're at that point just trying to figure out the process or the pricing. And so <clears throat> th- that's that's what I really like to drive home with my clients is understanding like you're not here to sell anybody. You're here to provide value and let them reach out if they're interested. And I think about it that way because even if I sign up for like some sort of sales call, I don't like the feeling of it, even if I know I'm going into it. I don't like the feeling of being sold. Um, I don't like feeling like I'm a part of someone's process. You know, they might say, I really like you, so I'm giving you a 15% discount. Well, that's really nice of you, but like it doesn't feel genuine. And where, whereas when it comes to an interview, it's just one on one with the host who is not supposed to be a potential client. And it, it's just a conversation. And that means that the listener can listen with their guard down. You know, maybe they hear something that sounds fishy to them, but you know, that's, that's just if the person is actually kind of fishy, um, you know, yeah. that's, uh, but, but it, you know, when it's just a one-on-one organic conversation, it packs a lot more weight than, you know, any other type of marketing or, or sales pitch or something like that. Um, I actually can't remember what your original question was, but uh, oh, oh, what's the secret sauce when it comes to to the yeah, what, So I really like to drive home to them. What, you know, you're not selling, and also, what is that unique value proposition you can give? You know, what is your unique story? Um, what is what can you provide that someone else hasn't already talked about, and that sort of thing. I love it. I love it because it's 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 more important today with the the upcoming generations, and that understand that 
they've been so we've been so bombarded with advertising and being sold to that we just want to know about you before we buy from you because we don't want to find out down the road that you're to go against our core values or anything like that. So I, I love the idea of that no pitch sales. And that's why I love podcasting because it is this genuine conversation. Like we're having a conversation, getting to know each other, getting to know the values align in that. And our listeners will hear that as well and want to reach out. Um, before we get to where they can reach out and ask you how they can connect with you to be booked on other podcasts because you're going to be the guy that I suggest, one of the people I suggest, uh, because why not? You're on my podcast. Uh, I I got the spark question of this show. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, the Spark, as my audience knows, is from Seek Discomfort, uh, the brand of Yes Theory. It's to spark conversations with uh, people you don't know. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. So who are your role models? Uh, quite honestly, a lot of my role models are, are friends that I grew up with. You know, I was lucky enough that I had a wide range of variety of friends in, in that, uh, some were several years younger than me and some were several years older. And because, you know, those people were older, they, you know, three years older when you're 15 seems like a lifetime away. And so I really looked up to a lot of the, the people that I grew up with, hang, you know, um, that have become really good friends of mine. And um, they are the ones that kind of always inspired me in, in their actions and who they were and how they presented themselves as to how I should present myself and how I should act. Um, I can't really say there's there's like a, a, a known public figure that I like look up to and try to uh, to be like, you know, being I would say that partially comes from music and understanding that a, a lot of my favorite artists were not necessarily people I wanted to be like. Um, you know, a lot music industry is filled with with a lot of people that uh, are into, you know, drinking and drugs and all types of other things. And I've never had a drink before. I've never done a drug. You know, I've never I, I never participated in any of that stuff. I just really like their music. But I liked being, you know, I, I liked not having to worry about those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I apologize that there's not a single no, a single that's... person I can point out to, but. That's fine. That's that's more than uh, okay. You're <laughs> that's actually even more humbling that you uh, chose people around you as your role models to keep you growing and uh, means that you have a great core group of people around you. So, Spencer, with that said, I'm going to jump off screen here. I'm going to let you have the full uh, range of the microphone. Please let my audience know where they can connect with you and support you or uh, work with you if they're looking to work with you. Sure. Yeah. So you can reach out to me at www.outlieraudio.com. O-U-T-L-I-E-R-A-U-D-I-O. Um, that's also our Instagram, which is Outlier Audio. My personal Instagram is just Spencer Carpenter. Um, but also, let's just say you don't think that you're quite in a position to to reach out to somebody and have them do booking for you. You can also jump on platforms like podmatch.com where you can make a profile um, and it, the platform is designed to connect you with hosts that are looking for guests. Um, so that's a way you can do it without, you know, needing a, a, a podcast booking agent. But if you think you'd like to work with someone that can do it for you, then feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Spencer, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your story and your tips on uh, being no selling on podcasting and how important it is for uh, people and entrepreneurs to be on podcast today. Awesome. I appreciate you so much for having me on. 
Um, to my audience, as always, check out the show notes to find out the links to connect with Spencer, support Outlier Audio, because uh, I'm going to probably be working with him. I'm gonna, we have this connection. He's already sent me some amazing guests. I want more amazing guests because it's more content for you guys. So make sure you blow up this episode so more people hear about Spencer and book with him to get uh, white glove service podcast booking. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much. Remember to always invest in yourself. Thank you.